Welcome, viewers, to the Good Vibes Podcast, the only podcast where we're making a list and we're checking it twice. My name is Ramen, and joining me as always, it's the King of Green himself, ShadeX. Hello. Yes, joining ShadeX, it's a man who makes really entertaining list videos, the one and only Phantom Strider. Ho, ho, howdy. Hey, oh, I like your greeting, man. <laughs> I guess it should be a spooky howdy, hey, because it's a near Halloween. Bring out yeah. Dark Strider. <laughs> How is your Halloween going, by the way, Strider? I wish we celebrated it more here in Australia. Um, in America, you guys get all the fun. You get all these crazy Halloween parties and all these uh, trying to scare each other all the time. Here, we basically, it just gives the grocery stores a chance to sell more, sell more candy. And everyone basically gets a bowl of candy and buys it in case kids come around. No kids ever do, and we all just end up throwing it out or eating it. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. I've I haven't been to many Halloween parties. I'm assuming shit. Have you been to Halloween parties? Uh, I went to one because I had to go to one to film a concert. Like there's Halloween like concerts in people's houses in America. Oh, like cool. it's like yeah, it's like small bands or some touring bands, and they'll go in someone's house and there'll be this little stage. Um, that that was that was pretty fun. Um, I'm. I definitely want to go to one of those like type of parties again, but they happen pretty late. And... Mm -hmm. I don't um, know. Um, but yeah. that that's like the closest to a Halloween party I've been to recently. And it wasn't on Halloween, but it was Halloween it themed and it was close to the end of October. Nice, nice. Uh, so, Shredder, since it's Halloween themed, this is, episode's going to come out Roughly around Halloween, I have a few. Before we even get to any of the um the main questions, why don't we start with some fun stuff? You know, test out your list your list skills. Uh, yeah. Uh, what would you say is your least top like top three least favorite candies and top three best candies you've eaten? I don't know if you guys have different candies over there. You ever tried carob? All those little um, uh, kind of chocolatey caraby seashells you used to get uh, in the 90s. I don't know. Like, they were so bad. They had this awful aftertaste. And obviously those Easter eggs, I, uh, those old cheap Easter eggs that, oh, they were so bad. I literally had to throw them out, like I spit them out when I was nine. And if you can't convince a nine-year-old kid that a candy is good, then... Clearly, you put some bad candy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> wait, wait. So, is it like a chocolate egg with caramel in it? Is is that it? Yeah, it's like a, just a, one of those uh, filled chocolate eggs, tiny filled chocolate eggs. But for some reason, <laughs> they've somehow made the chocolate so bad. I'm just like, how? Did you know? I just re I just remember that video. You made like a chocolate egg pizza, like with 
cream, like a Cadbury cream egg pizza, and it was really bad. Oh, maybe I should go back to SpongeBob. <laughs> <laughs> you should just eat SpongeBob gummy pizzas instead. I think uh, I think that's probably the best kind of gummy c- candy you can eat. Oh, uh, Krabby Patty nice. gummies. Those are great. Uh, we don't have those in Australia. <laughs> yeah. I think the closest thing we have to that candy are Kinder Eggs. I really don't like Kinder Eggs because the the chocolate just looks like it's uh, it looks un, unidentifiable. It looks like it's a something. It looks like whatever's inside of it. It looks unappetizing to look at. I don't know if you. you know, I noticed that too with Kinder Chocolate. As a kid, I really didn't like the taste of Kinder Chocolate. It tasted too kind of milky, and for some reason, I found it would often sort of get that sort of dried white splotches. Um, color you get if chocolate's dried out too long you know what i mean yeah yes yeah, i don't know what you mean yeah yeah kinder's not my favorite i mean the toys are pretty cool for like a minute until they break yeah um but like uh what's your uh what's your next least favorite candy <laughs> let's see um I was going to say licorice, but I discovered after I tried it on that list, I was like, oh, this is actually not that bad. I actually do think it could actually be hereditary, whether you like the stuff or not. Um, Gee, what's another good candy? Another bad candy? I'm I'm thinking of those uh, ones that look like little carob burgers. No, let's see. Do you have any uh, yourself? Uh, I would say, like, black licorice is probably, like, the most hated candy, and I hate it as well i hate uh um i think they're called now and laters or no good and now. plenty good and plenties i mean good oh, and yeah, those are the worst it's like the yeah, discount candy you get on halloween oh yeah um i remember i i don't think i ever like i've had these before i don't think i've ever liked them neca wafers uh, they're little wait. like it's like they're like smarties kind of are they chalky like, yeah. No, they're very bad. They're like they're like, oh, the like they're like thin smarties, I guess. Yeah, I, I don't like them very much. No. Like I don't. I. I they're kind of forgettable because I barely know what they taste like. But yeah, they're not. I don't. I don't remember liking them. The wax cola cans are really terrible as well. If you've ever tried those. Oh uh, yeah. Those sound awful. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I just remembered. I just remembered wax lips. Those those are just wait, wait, those are even worse. What are, yeah, what are they? Didn't want I never had these candies. What are they like? Are they candy? Can you eat the wax, or is it like something? Yeah, it's <laughs> edible wax. The wax lips are gross. It, like I don't even think it has a sugary flavor. It's just wax that you can eat. For me, I actually have like a bit of a hot take. I don't even think this is even a hot take. It's just like. Because I spent like a year uh, like studying in the UK, and pretty much I don't know why every ha- every like Halloween there's like or like at least every October they sell like orange flavored like chocolate and candy, and I'm just like why? <laughs> Out oh, of everything, flavored chocolate. Yeah, that's the worst. They have like orange flavored Easter eggs here, and I try yeah. it, and I'm like, I'm never trying this again. Oh, like, oh yeah, orange or, with, or, like, orange. orange jam too. Like, it are those no orange covered? Those no chocolate covered oranges. Like, oh yeah. The thing that grosses me out about them is like the little core. They they put chocolate on. They just dipped in uh, like regular orange in chocolate. Like that's it, like 
So like, a, like, the, like a, the core grosses me out. Like the little the little middle thing in the orange, like covered in chocolate. I say chocolate covered potato chips are fucking disgusting because they always Wait, what? always fall. Yeah, they have chocolate covered potato chips. That's an actual thing where they they bag it and the chocolate just falls off the potato chips. And you, it almost you cannot you cannot pay me to eat those. You could not pay that's me. That's on my list. <laughs> Wait, that was, that's on your list. Yeah, chocolate potato chips, I put it down as one of the candy failures that had been discontinued. I, think, I can't remember if it was Lay's or Free... Uh, one of them uh, did chocolate-covered potato chips. It's, it's us, and, and I just still make it. it right? Yeah. They still make it. Oh, <laughs> oh there you go. It. It's bad. It's like a bag full of, like, melted chocolate and, like, there's oh. chips. <laughs> um, I say my... Uh, what are your favorites, by the way? What are your uh, favorite candy candies for Halloween? I tend to find uh, I tend to have most of my chocolate when I sort of go on a run in the mountains or something to give myself a little bit of a, a treat. I'll have caramello. I think is my absolute favorite. I love the way it's sort of you get a bit of that caramello on the inside and it kind of just drips down. Like, do you guys have Cadbury in America? Yeah. Ooh, yes, we do. do. Yes, we they do, do. Have Cadbury in America. Yeah. I'm assuming it's better there. I follow the crowd as well. I really like um, the Snickers bars and that sort of thing. I've never liked Mars. I find the nougat taste way too strong. I've never been a fan. I'm more of a three Musketeers type of guy, but like I'm not a Mars. Well, Kit Kats are lovely. Kit Kats are great. You can't ruin Kit Kats. Yeah, I really what like Kit do? Kats. Yeah. I'm just um, like uh, whenever you do, whenever you do get the chance, Strider, you should. I don't know if you ever, if you ever tried this. Uh, there's a chocolate called Double Double Decker from Cadbury. Double Double Decker? Oh yeah, yeah. my my stepbrother loves that stuff. It's really good, is it? <laughs> it is. It's pretty much. It's the same thing as nougat, but like it's from Cadbury. So I think they add like maybe extra sweetness to the you know Cadbury. Oh, nice. They might have had like some extra sugar or something, but like it tastes different. <laughs> it's got the crack in it, does it? <laughs> it's got the crack in it. <laughs> <laughs> the Cadbury crack craze was crazy back then. What do you mean? Still is. My favorite candy. My favorite candy is Crunch Bar. I really like that. Oh, they're really good. Yeah, you're right. That was my old favorite. Yeah, they actually what they do is they add like, like little bits of um. Cornflakes, I think. It, no, wait, rice bubbles. Uh, you probably have a different yeah. name for it, but the, they basically add the cereal in, just in a tiny amount, and it just gives it that lovely crunchy flavor. Are you talking yeah. about the cereal? Are the cereal the cereal bars? Those are yeah, rice bubbles. Those are really good. I say as a kid, I um, yeah. Butterfingers, but then I like I don't I started I start to hate artificial peanut butter, and it just it just it, it just starts to taste really bad to me. I don't know if you're, I don't know if anybody just is like that. Yeah, I, I yeah, I don't like Butterfinger as much as I used to. Yeah. Like, but I I wouldn't say I hate it. Um, what was I gonna? We do Reese's um here in uh, Australia now. Is that what's considered sort of? Because that tastes quite nice. I do find it a bit overwhelming. Yeah, Reese Reese Reese's is good. Reese's. I, I think that good. has real peanut butter. Yeah, it has real peanut butter. Yeah. So. Like, I guess it's, it's, I feel like it's, Butterfingers are like, it's just super messy when you bite into it. Like, you get all the crumbs on you, and you have to almost like, it's almost like a, 
a chore to eat it because you have to wipe all that shit away from me. It's just a pain in the ass. Uh, but like, yeah. Uh, probably move on from like the candy stuff. Um, actually, 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 have a a weird question. Um, I don't know if you noticed this where you're from, Shredder. But have you? I've noticed this. I've been starting to notice this. Have you noticed logos have become like a lot more simplified nowadays? Like companies are reverting back to their old logos or they're simplifying them. Oh, so much so. Hey, I mean, you can look at um, Nickelodeon used to be the full uh, Nickelodeon, and then uh, it goes to uh, Nick. Now it's just Alan Nick, and you see Cartoon Network obviously was shortened to CN. Um, in here in Australia, we shorten everything. Woolworths becomes Woolies. Coles is nice and short, so we say Coles. McDonald's becomes Maccas. And uh, oh, KFC. Maccas. Like uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, Maccas. Yeah, like I, 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 watch, I, watch, I watch this TikTok, and there's like, and like he's like, new food at Maccas. So he must, that guy must be Australian. I almost like that name better than McDonald's. You can say almost any word and we'll have shortened it to something. Oddly enough, though, I find KFC funny because it's the one that's already shortened, yet we can yet we lengthen it to Kentucky Fried for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> funny enough, uh, there is a... In New York, there are places called Kentucky Fried Chicken. Uh, they're, not, it's, they're not KFC. They're Kentucky Fried Chicken. They almost sell the exact same stuff as KFC. I arguably say their chicken's a lot better than KFC's. Uh, as a New Yorker, you know, I always found with KFC that I'd get so as a kid, even as a kid, I'd be like, I like the taste, but it's so greasy that I found that really distracting. Yeah. It took away from the experience to me because, like, I just was so greasy afterwards. Honestly, yeah, as far as chicken, as far as chicken places go, I'm more of a fan of Popeyes. I think I've only had KFC a few times. I, oh, we're doing I, Popeyes. I'm actually just editing the Popeyes segment in the next video now. That that's um been quite fun to research those because I'm I did get to take a look at the chicken sandwich and how apparently they ran out of Popeyes chicken sandwiches, so they oh. decided to say bring your own bun. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, there was a Boondocks episode like that somewhat predicted that, and it it, it got every it got mostly everything right. I, I I don't know why people are fighting over these. These chicken sandwiches because they're they're chick there's Chick Fil A there's other places. Someone died over over uh, over a Popeyes chicken sandwich like. Honestly, they must have been really good. Like it's basically they, they are chicken. they are really good. Um, I'm, it's like I'm really cr it's the crunchiest chicken sandwich I've had. It's probably their tombstone's gonna read like "Death by Chicken Sandwich." That's the word. That's like probably the yeah. worst part. <laughs> I don't even think he got to eat it, though. That's a sad thing. I mean, oh, man. The chicken sandwich craze was crazy. Uh, yeah. But uh, I've noticed that the Pepsi logo, the Pringles logo, a lot of the logos that I've been looking at have been, like, very, like, minimal. Like, they're not they're not as detailed as they were before. And I noticed that Pepsi reverted back to their old, like, logo from, like, like way back then. It's You know, um... Burger King did the same thing here in uh, Australia. Anyway, they went. We call them Hungry Jacks here, but they, they, uh, it's tiny little details you notice because when I do the thumbnails, I sort of see the slight different variations. But they basically go on back to the old nostalgia style, and it's interesting seeing a lot of these old uh, companies sort of go back to their originals. And I think that's because nostalgia is such a big. Um, uh, big cash cow nowadays because you see those old uh, Burger King logos. You know, mm -hmm. 
But oh, I remember that. I used to love those burgers. Maybe I'll give it another try. Definitely, it's definitely the logos that are because I, I know like places like Pizza Hut, like suddenly like they reverted back to their old logo yeah, too. They yeah, they were not selling good from what I from what I'm hearing. They weren't really making much money, so I think when they reverted back, they started making a lot more money. Really? Yeah, yeah that makes sense because. I think um, generally what I found in research is that between Domino's and Pizza Hut, even though Domino's is more successful, Pizza Hut tends to have the better reputation in terms of the taste of the pizza. So yeah. um, maybe that's a factor, yeah. Pizza Hut Not really a factor. It's just, I feel like it's mostly in America where people just like constantly hate uh, Pizza Hut for some reason. I don't know what's going on over there. <laughs> uh, I think... Like, pizza... I, I don't know, like... I like Pizza Hut, but personally, I, it's not really my favorite pizza. I think the common pizza shop, common fast food pizza people hate are Little Caesars. Even though I think Little Caesars is not that bad. I, it, it's, it's it's cheap pizza. Like It's not going to be the best pizza you've ever eaten. It's like the price point is why people get it. But it has to be, you have to eat it hot. Once it's not a hot, it's not as good. Yeah. Oh. No, those Little Caesar commercials are pretty good. Um, yeah, um, but yeah, like, I think this the reason I don't like Pizza Hut so much is because I have a good local place and the fact that um, there's some better chains. Like, I really, I really, there's a chain in my, um, there's a chain in my, well, it's, it's in, it's in America, but it, in my state too. Um, it's yeah. called Marco's Pizza, and it's it's really good. It's like a really good pizza place. Everybody, support your mom and shop pizza places. No, don't go to Little yeah. Caesars. Or if you're like, yeah, there's... it's Domino's, because that's the only pizza place around where I live. Yeah, there's a local place in my area too that has like um, ba toasted ravioli and mozzarella sticks and really good. Like big slices, New York style thin crust. But like even then, I feel like also I guess I guess this is probably just like a me thing. But like I never really do end up going out to you know pizza places more often than not. Like I usually like I'm more of like a you know a wraps guy and you know salad guy. You know whenever I eat out. Me too. Wait, yo, Schrader, you did a I think you did a video on like weird pizzas. Am I am I am I correct or am I wrong? You are correct. That's actually one of uh, my favorite videos to do. You ate some of the pizzas on the on, on that list, or I didn't eat that many, to be honest. Uh, generally, I try and get an idea from other people's reviews and that sort of uh, things. And like, I don't know, a lot of the American foods I review just aren't available in Australia, and I don't know, you can't really import um, uh, hot pizzas from America. <laughs> that is true. Uh, yes. Yes. There should be. There's, don't worry. Don't worry, Strider. There's gonna be an app for that, or some kind of store that will give you American pizza. But let me warn you that some of our pizzas are probably the most are probably like the worst pizza. Some of them, like it's like pizzas, places like Pizza Hut or like Domino's, they'll make the weirdest pizzas. Like maybe like hot dog and a pizza, which are two things I don't think fucking go together. Cause oh yeah, why? Oh yes, I'm aware. I had a lot of fun with that list, and uh, I've, I've 
covered that topic a couple of times actually and really enjoyed it because there's sort of so many weird variations i think kfc is kind of the king of some of the weird ones like of course the double down dog which and apparently the uh uh that's um one which had like uh chicken on top of chicken i can't remember what it was but apparently they remade it recently the I mean, yeah, there was the- also that pizza. Well, this was pizza, but that ch- pizza with cheeseburgers, like as the crust. How that? Oh, yeah. How that work? Was it meat? There were like crust? mini sliders without without a top bun. That seems overwhelming to eat. I don't know. <laughs> I don't. That seems overwhelming. Oh, it's a few like that, isn't it? Yeah, it's like two foods that I'm like, I want to eat one and of them. It, but and and it was in the, I think it was a Philippines exclusive. It wasn't even in the, yeah, it wasn't even in the U.S. Oh, yeah, you get I, some crazy foods from Philippines. For some reason, um, they just get a lot of those more unusual uh, fast foods. Like, I remember they had some strange chocolates and ice creams as well. Oh. Have you, uh, have you ever uh, done a... Maybe you have done a video like covering like weird Lunchables or anything, stuff like that. You know, I've really wanted to. I tried to introduce it into the polls a couple of times because I was like, what about snack foods like um, like uh, some of those like Swiss cake rolls or some of that sort of thing? Ooh. But I realized they're kind of a relic from the past because I don't think kids these days eat that sort of stuff as much. That sort of super, super sugary sweet roll sort of things are more a thing of the 90s and i don't know what exactly kids have nowadays but um uh, when they did taste tests they found that mostly the adults enjoyed them which was yeah interesting oh yeah Yeah. i just i i just remembered that that twinkies that thing i edited on twinkies that was oh yeah yeah well twinkies was going to be the forefront because everyone remembers the twinkie and i was thinking oh can we talk about nine more snack cakes but uh was wasn't much interest in like I don't know how to I, I really wanted to sell that one because I thought it would have been fun. But yeah, you know, um, you know? but, sorry, sorry, you go straight. Uh, but yeah, like the kids, like the kids' lunch things is an interesting like thing to look back on because I I remember kid cuisine. I've always those, liked those... cake cuisines better than Lunchables because they 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 all they have all the main food groups. You got corn, you got meat, you got the brownie that tastes really bad for some reason. Yeah, <laughs> or that that hot pudding because you you microwave or was you it, put it was in it, the oven. Was it hot pudding or brownies? Because it, when when you take it out, it's hard. Brownie, <laughs> bo- both, both. They like had one you could have a brownie or another one where it was pudding. The pudding, the pudding, like the fact I think you heat up the meal just makes the pudding not very good because it's all hot. Yeah, you don't want to eat hot pudding with next to your corn and chicken. Yeah, they they should have just had like a pudding cup in there that's like cool. Yeah, and that maybe, maybe a freak, you m- a freak Capri Sun, like because why not? Yeah, like, like, like have like just a plate where you heat up the food, like they, all the food that needs to be heated, and then the a separate pudding cup that would have made it easier. Uh, yeah. before before we uh geek, you want to do your thing, and then I'll... I was yeah, I was just kind of gonna suggest something, Strider. You know, it would be like a good you know audience crossover for like you know both kind of niches that you talk about, because I know people have been like What's asking that? for SpongeBob more SpongeBob stuff, and you yeah. know you want to do more food stuff or you know more marketing stuff or whatever it is. Um, what have you have you ever thought of? Uh, I don't know if you've done this because I haven't checked your channel out in like a while because I've been so busy, but um. 
I don't know if you ever covered like top ten like SpongeBob food products, like best or worst. You know, I've thought of it. I tr- kind of tested the waters with um, cartoon foods in real life, which was quite fun. And I got a sort of a lukewarm response, um, not as much attention from subscribers as I thought. So I definitely would like to do that sort of like, yeah, maybe cartoon-related foods. I might even put that in the polls in the future and see. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if I specifically do SpongeBob foods because I think it's getting too niche then. Um, so, But, yeah, no, I think it's a neat idea. Yeah, like like licensed foods from like cartoons, like the like or the gummy media in general. Patties. You could talk about you could talk about like the what's it called the high C from Ghostbusters because people have been obsessed with that. Oh yeah, ecto cooler, ecto cooler, yeah. I I, I I miss I miss ecto cooler. Like I would that was the only that I'd buy that when the Ghostbusters 2016 movie came out. Didn't care for the movie. Well, I haven't even seen the movie, but. I'm not really. I wasn't interested in the movie, but the the ecto cooler came back, and I was real. It was really good. But for for the other, like the other um, Ghostbusters movie, they didn't bring it back in stores. They just did like a limited run of ecto cooler that they gave to people in giveaways, which was, was lame. Was it like the 2016 one where they brought it back? Because they brought it back properly for the 2016 one, like. I'd ask my parents, "Hey, get get it from Hy-Vee. That's the store that sells it." Because the other stores, I guess, didn't um, stock it or sold out. So they'd get me they get me Ecto Cooler from Hy-Vee. I had like a big, a big, a big stockpile of it. Like I, I had Ecto Cooler on vacation. Like my parents would bring a box of it. Shay, do you but... get Ecto Cooler while you're editing for Shredder? <laughs> Um, no, because it's not stock. I mean, I I mean, I could find a way to make my own. There's like that's like it's just it's just tangerine juice that's green, I think, with some stuff mixed. I don't know what's in it. I think it's like tangerine juice with green food coloring and some. You gotta you gotta look at the tipsy bartender. He makes some pretty weird stuff. Oh, Oh no. Oh yeah, that that guy just puts gummies in like a bunch of like high alcohol beverages. Yeah, you never see him drink it. Uh, yo, but I wanna, <laughs> yeah. I I wanna actually bring this up because it's a question for you, Shade and Strider, while we're here. Um, so how did the um, like, was it what's it like editing for Strider, Shade, and and you know, Strider, uh. I'll, it's a two-part question, so I'll ask Shades and then I'll ask yours. So, Shade, uh, what is it like editing for Strider? It, 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 it's fun. Like, um, basically, what I do is organize takes. Then I um, like look for footage that corresponds with the script. Or sometimes I do it before, but usually I I just get the takes out of the way. Then I like look up clips. Then I download all the clips, put them in a folder, so I have those so I can put them in the drive when I'm done. Then I like, well, like edit keyframe. I- I've like definitely improved my editing, like since editing for Strider. Like I started nesting clips a lot more for my projects. I didn't really do that for my earlier oh, yeah. stuff. Mm-hmm. A lot better, yeah. No, um, <clears throat> Shay does some great stuff, and one little uh, detail I really appreciate he adds is he'll often um 
take my fiance Nin, who often has a speaking role, and he'll wow. give him uh, uh, like little costumes and stuff. Which <laughs> so he just adds those little creative, unique takes, and I think that's one of the nice things about having different editors is each person has their own unique style. I like that. I like that. I like that a lot. Um, so, um, for you, Strider, like, what is your uh, what is your scripting process like? What I, no, not scripting. Process. What is your video process like? Like, how do you like from start to finish? Like, what is it like? Well, uh, normally I'll look at what people are suggesting. I'll also look at what I have in my sort of pro. Projects, I'll say, okay, what are people, uh, subscribers sort of interested in? I try to primary and foremost always appeal to subscribers because I figure if I'm not at least interesting some of the 500, 600,000, then I'm clearly doing something wrong. Um, you know, so I feel if I can't at least interest a small amount of subscribers, then I'm, I'm, I'm stuffed up uh, something. So I'll sort of look at what they're interested in, what they've previously enjoyed. I'll also look at what I feel like. Um, lately, I've felt more like uh, bringing back more food-related videos because I was like, ah, oh, I just get a bit of fun from them. And so sort of, I really enjoy sort of looking at what taste testers have to say and sort of bringing little chan uh, smaller channels and stuff onto the scene. And um, uh, sometimes I'll come up with an idea while I'm running in the mountain. Sometimes I'm doing a bit of exercise or something. Sometimes uh, I keep a Excel spreadsheet where I'll uh, look over um, all potential ideas and say, would this be good? Can I add that 10 to this? Can I justify it? And that sort of thing. And does it have an? In would it interest people? And um, sometimes I'll just sit down uh, with my fiance Nin, and we'll have a little uh, chat uh, while we're having. Uh, we always get uh, what do you call a uh, kebab bowls for some reason. Whenever we're having a kebab bowl, we'll sit down and sort of talk about uh, what do you think people Aww. would enjoy next. Oh, I like that. So, like, um, so I'm assuming you you uh, you put like a poll on your community, and then Twitter, and then you see which will get you the which which video you'll do uh more? yeah i tend to look on i i used to look to twitter and uh youtube but i tend to look more on youtube because i'll probably get maybe 10 20 000 votes there while on twitter i have a fairly small following so i tend to only get about a thousand to two thousand votes and uh yeah i sort of see the ideas and think about what i can make and i also think what would i like to see if i okay. just came back after a tough day or something like that and I kind of enjoy cartoons I try to put myself in the shoes of the per, um, the person watching uh, probably 18 to 24 probably enjoys cartoons probably and I say well I just want something chill what would I enjoy that's not too intense but still says something and has some con context you know so I'll sort of go through that um, it's it, yeah um, takes me a while sort of to figure it out um, after that I'll say okay let's get into it and I'll start putting together the script I'll uh, think up ideas and normally it starts all with uh, a really really fun idea whether it be like i remember for one of them uh the uh, what was it the the toys that or oh, the items that um the stupidest items that made millions i ended up saying with that oh the big big mouth belly bass made like i think a hundred million dollars in a year oh is that the toy and it's that the most stupid novelty that, thing ever is that the fish that yeah. sings on the on the wall oh those oh, are fucking boy, funny yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh my god, I love those. Oh man, I love that. I love that. Another... Sorry, go ahead. No, no, I was gonna. Say, I was just saying, I love that. Yeah, there was another time I thought of like I was thinking about Furbies, and I was like, oh, I want to talk about Furbies, but how can I justify it in a in a in a ten list of some kind? And I was like, uh, 
uh, oh, what was it? What was that even? Was that list like stupidest toys or something like that? Actually, no, that might have been in the toy, uh, the items that made millions as well. Yeah, it was. Was it Beanie Babies on that on that list too? That was a big thing in the nineties, wasn't it? Was it the early two thousands? Yeah. The Beanie Babies was huge for a while. Yeah, dude. Like Beanie Babies were freaking like massive, bro. They some people were trading them for like millions on eBay. I remember people were overpricing them. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, um, after that, I'll uh, normally, once I've written the script, I'll uh, I'll start filming. I'll do about four or five hours of filming. Uh, Sheik can probably vouch, you know, each segment takes about 20 minutes of may- maybe three to four takes. So sometimes it'll uh, be late and I'll be tired and I won't be able to get it right. But partially my OCD always pushes me to try and get the takes just right. And, uh, you know, I think most people don't notice the difference, but I do and it drives me mad and so um, then I'll, once I've done the filming and stuff, I'll make sure it's all synced up with a microphone and that sort of thing. Then I'll, um, I'll edit, uh, open it up to the computer, make sure it's uh, all sounding okay. If I need to put a de-clicker or something and make some edits and changes, I'll do that to the footage. Then I'll um, get some footage for the team, like Shade here um, yeah. and Emmanuel, and uh, sort of say, uh, oh, what would be suitable? But they pull up a ton of footage but just by themselves. Then I normally put together a template of the countdown and me juggling and being a twit. And uh, then I'll um, send it off to the team. And uh, in this case, for example, on this one, I'm doing a few edits myself. Up till 2018, 17, I did most of them pretty much all myself. But it certainly gives me a bit more mental health space nowadays to have a bit of help from the team. So once that's all done, the segments are all in. They'll send them back to me. I'll take a look over them pay the team and sort of sort of piece them together edit whatever i want to edit in or change whatever i do and upload it to youtube yeah nice hey man that's a really good process i i most of most of most people me shade well actually pretty much half the people in here are pretty much like our our youtubers too and i i and i can somewhat relate to that process as i I do tend to, because I do film. I do film. I do green. I use green screen, and, and sometimes I, I do a little bit of both. And I do try try to cover a wide variety of topics. To green screen some, is so fun. Green screen is the best. There's so much you could do with green screen, bro. Yeah, I need to get a pull down green screen because I bought a green screen and it was one of those one of those fabric. Well, one of those like I think you're supposed to like sit behind it. Oh, that's terrible. Yeah, I yeah, had it, it, it like it, it had like some hard materials putting it together too. And I was I had a tr- like camera on a tripod. I was like filming. I was I was working on that critic video I made. Yeah, um, for my channel. The thing and, I had about- uh, it like knocked over it knocked over the tripod and like damaged it i was like i was like (laughs) dang that that's that's terrible and it it wasn't my and it wasn't my tripod it was like a mom's works property that thankfully i didn't get in trouble or anything and like the person fixed the tripod or got a new tripod and got a new mount for the camera but with fabric yeah, green those, screens. Those, those green screens, the little the, with the with the like hard material that aren't like pull down, those suck. So with the fabric I need, I need, like, green, the fabric green screens is that the fact is that they get easily wrinkled and you have to iron them out. I use a retractable one where you can, it's just in a giant metal case. You could just 
pull up and it has like a stand and there's That's a great idea you, yeah you can just sort it in your closet and i don't have to iron it out it's all the lines are perfect like i used to use like a another i used to use a green screen where you just you had these metal poles and you had the fabric on and the fabric will always get wrinkled because i just shove it in my closet so i you have to have like soft boxes are like they are are what you need to light a green screen you have to light i have about like two giant ones in my room and then i light myself i don't know if is that what you use for your green screen strider like i don't know your lighting situation for yours um, it's actually changed a lot over the years. When I started, it was just one of those crappy uh, eBay ones uh, that had like was made of fabric. Then, and that one would always get that terrible reflection when I put the uh, floodlights on it. Uh, eventually, I replaced that one where my mum just knitted me some fabric, got some green fabric, and just sort of pieced it together, and I stuck it on my wall, and that worked slightly better. And eventually, I think last year, um, when I was able to. Uh, uh, put a loan down in a house and actually change it, not just be renting my whole life. I was able to actually just paint my wall green. So um, Nin's room, I actually have, um, she has a green wall. <laughs> I actually feel wow. like Wow. Damn, I really want a green wall. Throw that. Oh, that's for, so you, know what, you know what's funny? For, for, it's funny because like for a second there, like for a while, I just thought you had like a, ba- a basement where you just filmed. <laughs> I, just didn't, I didn't know you had like a green wall. <laughs> I just thought you had like a storage area. <laughs> I'm jealous whoever has a uh, you know a basement where they can do filming. I basically get Maya Nin's room and I just set. I'll pull out the ca- camera, put up the tripod. I'll get my chair and put my um, mic stand on top of my chair and balance it with a weight. Then put the mic on top of that. Then la- layer oh it down. So it's just out of shot. Wow! It, it, oh, I thought I thought, I thought you had like a. Like your own, like small studio or something. We gotta see a shredder behind the scenes of him filming, bro. He's gotta make set up, a set up video. Kedekerous <laughs> type of I'm, process. Like, I'm like, it's so pathetic. <laughs> no. Yeah. The, the no, worst I, part about, I, I say the worst part about filming is like, when you're done, you have to clean all that up. Oh, yeah. yeah. So much, yeah. Also, keep, also keep yeah. in mind, shredder has to wear like a, like, I'm guessing, like, copies of the same, like, orange shirt for days at a time. <laughs> I have five of those orange shirts. Oh, my God. Wow. I also have my own, like, shirt and sweater. I have, like, I have one, like, I have about two donut shirts and, like, yellow sweater that I wear constantly. So, like... I can I can feel that I can feel having to wear the same thing for videos and keeping. I think um, those of us on the spectrum who we often like similar sort of fabrics and certain feels and textures and we often like having the same foods. Over I don't know that from my experience anyway. Or and often I've found you know like we often like wearing the same clothes. So it works out well YouTube because I don't know some people wear different stuff all the time but. I've tried wearing different clothes, and I'm like, oh, it looks so boring on camera. I tried wearing a kind of gray shirt or flannel shirt, and I'm just like, oh, God, it looks horrible. So I just went back to orange. I was like, oh, now it's nice and colorful. That's good. But, yeah, I, my, my, like, my favorite kind of shirt is I, I've kind of learned I need to get more of this type of shirt. I can't find my shirt right now, but I got, like, long sleeve shirts I think are pretty nice. Yeah, yeah oh, I say, like, consistent, like, if you wear the same clothes, especially in all your videos, it does keep, like, it's a little bit more, it's like branding, but at the same time, it's like, people know it's you. 
opposed to if you wear something random while filming, it almost feels like you're not yourself because it. Yeah, because the thing is, the thing is, I'm sorry to cut you off there. No, like the thing is with the YouTube videos, it's like. I like I read a study at some point. It's like fifty like videos or at least like any kind of presentations are like fifty percent verbal, fifty five percent visual, and only five percent like uh, the actual like you know meat of whatever you're talking about. I think so. Whatever you're only... whatever you're saying. Oops, sorry, but like whatever you're saying. So whatever you're saying, whatever your topic is, holds more importance, and like whatever you're trying to present with, you know, pretty much a character or stills or any type of editing, that's a lot more important than like you know, that's a little bit tiny bit more important than like what you're actually talking about, because people would want to watch like you know, one your videos are a visual medium, so people actually want to see something. I think it's um my uh, argument to that would be. You'd also want to look through at the click-through rate. I think that stuff is important, but I also think at the same time, uh, if you're not getting like uh, enough people to actually click on the topic, that's one of the tough parts. Uh, and if you, I've seen people who may not present that well, but have a really interesting topic, and mm. that can often sort of get a lot of those clicks in the first place. So I think that's one of the first walls that um, can really limit people. And if you're only willing to cover certain topics and you have certain, and I'm not going to say, it's in some cases, standards, and you're not willing to sort of crap on others or you're not willing to talk at other people's expenses or you don't want to talk about sort of edgy topics and stuff, that can yeah. limit you a little bit. But finding that that smart topic that really pe makes people go, ooh, what about that? I think that's the first step. And then if you're retention is okay, you look at your retention and the average retention is okay from people clicking, then you've got a good formula. Um, I think that's the most important stuff because uh, I used to think that um, wearing the same thing in brand was important, but I don't know if it makes a huge difference. No. Honestly, I see giant YouTubers who wear whatever the hell they want and do whatever the hell they want, <laughs> particularly in gaming YouTube. I see them just wear whatever they want, talk however they want. And as long as they're pretty excited and they have sort of clicky thumbnails and clicky topics, I don't tend to find there's a big difference. I think they're very small details. And I think, however, if you disregard marketing and say, is this important to me? That's really important. And for me, I want me to always be wearing kind of the same sort of colorful, nice stuff, you know, and I think that's important to me and a small crowd as well, perhaps a small crowd. Sorry if I kind of went on t a tangent there. No, nah, no, nah, you are, yeah, you're you you absolutely right. Because um, here, with with the way I do videos, I have my, I want, my OC looks like me. So I, I, I had to like find like um, uh, a shirt and a sweater that sort of matched the way I look. So I wanted my OC to look the way I dress. So that way when the transitions into that, it, it's not jarring. So that's why I only just wear the same thing in video. So it doesn't feel like it's a bit, you know, disorienting for, for viewers when they look at my still. That's, I, you know. That's really considerate to your viewers. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have, um, I, I, my friend, one of my friends um, who, like, designed my original Sona um, had, a, had, like, a Target shirt of my like my character's target shirt um like he made one so i have that and i wear that for well i i, I planned on wearing it for multiple videos but i don't really have a good tripod so i don't really film myself that often 
Mm. They're expensive tripods. Yeah, <laughs> I want I want I want to get into live action stuff eventually, but but the issue is like you got to keep up your appearance. You gotta you gotta and like um, I don't know. Right right now, I'm fine just using stills, but um, I do want to get into live action stuff eventually. Honestly, if you can shave, you're uh, above the expectations of a lot of YouTube. So, like, if you're shaving, you're you're considered very clean cut. So, shave and and you'll be good. <laughs> yeah, that's something. That's shaving something I need to work on. Definitely. You, you don't want a full man chew in your video. People are gonna think. People are gonna think you're like a a caveman shave. Like, yeah. uh, are really common nowadays i was actually really surprised back in the 90s um and early 2000s uh when i was growing up it was considered much more kind of um creepy looking to have the beard but i see it be so often now i think it's quite trendy to have the beard nowadays i don't yeah. know though that's what I've seen. the completionist is, the completionist is probably one of my like uh favorite like gaming reviewers because he he makes the beard is a part of like who who he is and like he incorporates it into his intro i think he's like probably probably one of the like my favorite people with beards i know that's probably weird to say but like he's got a really nice beard <laughs> uh, yeah he has his own gaming channel called super beard bros yes um let's actually Go into the questions, and then we'll like we'll end the podcast here. Are you uh, cool answering some questions, uh, Mister Schrader? Yeah, if I may make a suggestion um, yes. in the uh, in the chapters, maybe add in uh, where people's questions come in because I imagine you'll have a few people who maybe a few people uh, tuning in to say, "Oh, did Strider answer my questions?" So, oh yeah, let me let me um, actually go to the tweets, and then I can read out the the names of the the questions. I'll go in. I'll go in podcast questions. Um, there's because there's some from here. Um, yeah, I'll read out the names. That is my best for not putting those in there. Hold on. Yeah, um, uh, the, I think the, it's how many? How many? The, wait, how many are from? I got it. I got it. Shit, don't worry. I got this. Uh, first question is from Zach Quinn, one of your freaking editors. Inspirations to your current content. <laughs> Uh, inspirations my current content um you know i think uh one of the inspirations for a recent video i did on foods that um made it disappear in the uh, future it um bombed pretty severely people didn't seem too interested in the topic um but a big uh big inspiration there was science channels i've watched like sideshow hank green in general i think is a really inspiring amazing person on vlog brother who talks all about a lot of uh, science content and that sort of thing and I love channels that sort of will uh, have verifiable sources and evidence-based uh, information and try and encourage viewers to look up information and I really wanted with that video um, I was inspired by ch channels like Kurzgaard as well which does a lot of science content to try and see if I could teach something to an audience that doesn't necessarily do a lot of science stuff you know and it was a big step outside the cartoons, and it uh, eventually it did bomb and blow up in my face. But that was what I, was merely my inspiration for that one, um, to try and cover one of my um, passions, which is science and uh, evidence-based information, and just encouraging, you know, a humanist scientist approach to uh, life and understanding the future. So, yeah, a lot of um, inspiration there. 
Um, oddly enough, uh, inspiration for my style of videos actually comes back a long time ago, probably from Penn and Teller's Bull Plop. Um, uh, I saw Penn and Teller recently. I'm an old Penn and Teller fan. I'm, I'm not a libertarian. I'm more of a a humanist and that sort of thing, but um, gotcha. more, more of a socialist anyway. Uh, but uh, I was really inspired by their style of content back when I first uh, started sort of trying editing videos in 2010 to 2014. Um, just how they would sort of jump off camera and talk a bit and sort of have a sort of screen behind them and sort of give examples to try to explain it to the audience and stuff. And and obviously there was stuff like Blue's Clues and stuff. I think Steve's great. Um, yeah, no, a lot of different inspirations. Nice, nice. You, weirdly enough, you give me a science teacher vibe, my man. <laughs> maybe because I'm imagining, maybe because I imagine people as their OCs. And, and well, no, I, um, that actually brings me back to one of my first inspirations, which was Beekman's World. Um, oh. that, that was a 90s show that was so good to this day. I still think it's way more uh, fascinating and fun than Bill Nye, the science guy, but it taught science in such a fun way. And Paul Zaloom. Yeah, to this day, he inspires me. He was probably one of my first inspirations. and, and oh, doing yeah. oh, yeah, I think Captain Disillusion did a video with him. He did. He did a really good video with him. Nice, nice. Uh, I actually like that. And I, I, I kind of see, I know who Penn & Teller is. I've, I've seen a few clips of their, they do magic and stuff like that, and illusions and stuff, or am I thinking about the wrong people? They sure do. You're right on the ball. Hell yeah. Okay. Uh, let's uh, let's go to the next question. This one's from Animated Guy. Favorite cartoon of 2020 so far? For this one, I'm actually pulling up my Disney Plus subscription. Pulling. <laughs> <laughs> um, I like that. You're so honest with that one. Um, what I've actually been watching, I'll just tell you straight up what I've been watching. I was watching the new Futurama episodes, and I've been watching some of the later seasons of Family Guy. Um, honestly, I've been watching a lot of Marvel in the last uh, few months, uh, like What If, and I was just watching WandaVision uh, with uh, Nin tonight, catching her up on some of that. I've been catching up on some of the new Simpsons, and uh, some of it was really bad in season 32, but I'm trying to remember that there's some really good stuff in... Uh, new seasons of the simpsons and i'm kind of with the real jims and lydia and really trying to push that we've got to give the new seasons of simpsons a chance because there's some really smart writers and some of the better animated television can be found there so been really encouraging that um i watched koala man recently which was uh, pretty good koala pretty good. man kind is of great i love koala yeah I, I thought it was really funny <laughs> i i i yeah. I was going to talk about Koala. I was gonna, I liked how it's just a simple premise of, like, this dude has no powers, and, like, everyone around him somewhat somewhat has, like, is somewhat heroic, but he's not. He's just a normal guy in a koala suit. I, I like that premise so much. I love how flawed he is and how much he captures. He's basically, he's a Queenslander like me, and some of the stuff he says is like, this is not on, mate. It's just, it so captures how well often, because I'll often say, I was like, dude, this is not on. And I leave it out of videos, but I'm like, oh, I, I want to use some of this Australian slang. And even silly things like show bags are so stupid, but we do it every year. Well, we'll all go out and go to our stupid fun parks and get show bags. <laughs> I'm just like, what are we doing? Oh my god, that's, um, that's good. 
In terms of uh, other content, I've actually been looking at a lot of streaming platforms. Like uh, when I did uh, worst, uh, I mean, most hated modern cartoons, obviously I had to watch some uh, not so good content for that. Um, but I actually found a couple of hidden gems. Geek tunes. I love to hear you talk. Well, uh, what were uh, you going to add? Sorry, I was just saying a lot of not so good cartoons. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Like um, I was curious. I tried putting Camp Coral and uh, Patrick Show on the list to see if people wanted me to review the shows, but I was like, no. Clearly, they didn't want me to talk about it. They just wanted me to say about how bad Velma is. <laughs> I'm like, yes, Velma is bad. Yes, I know everyone still hates alive. it. The hate is still alive. <laughs> Uh, oh, it's so, and it actually shied me away from doing cartoons again because I was like, uh, the top comments were all about how much people hated Velma, and they also hated the creator of the show. And I'm just like, I don't, I don't like to attack people, even if they do rotten things. I don't like to make my content about attacking human beings, who, particularly when there's this much of vehement hate even in my community. I'm like, can you imagine what it's like on Twitter and Facebook and social media? Oh, These boy. people are probably hunted on the street and burned at the stake. Uh, Twitter... You're not too far off. You're, you're not, not too far off. Twitter is, Twitter is like it's like a false reality that somehow affects your real world because you can fucking lose a job for just like and it, it, it it's 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 very saddening if it one it, it is it is it's always a difficult balance because i think people should be held accountable for being total garbage people but at the same time it is very sad when pe you see people harassed on social media endlessly yeah it it it, it fucking sucks yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, there, I, I say Disney plus and like Netflix are, I'm like, they're 50, 50 with their content. Um, uh, yeah, but like, you know, I'm hyped for that new Scott Pilgrim anime that's coming out. That's going to look fun. Yeah. So fun. It's, gonna it's amazing awesome. how much content, uh, Paramount plus has. That's like a lot of our old nostalgia. They have like Ariel monsters, obviously all of SpongeBob. Um, uh, they actually have the new. I think they have the old Rugrats too, but they also have the new Rugrats. And I was doing, I was trying to cover. Oh, this is a funny story. I was trying to cover the list of the uh, most hit, hated modern kids cartoons. I was like, this can't be so hard. And I got so vehemently annoyed after watching the the Rugrats 2021 series. It had its moments. It wasn't too bad, but the first episode was so bad they literally spent like 10 minutes just straight up eating mud and i'm like you have legendary <laughs> voice actors here what what are you doing what, what what kind of writing is this what are you giving them <laughs> dude like the, like i i i love the old rugrats when i still love the old rugrats even all grown up for as much as not a lot of people like that show but like the thing is that when you go from rugrats to all grown up and you see these characters have already evolved to just go back to them as kids, it almost Weird, seems like a de-evolution. It? it almost just seems like, I already know these characters' journeys, I really don't want to have to rewatch them again, because I already felt I already felt complete. I don't want to have to de-evolve yes. myself to watch another cartoon. You know, oh, I, do I, feel like, I do feel like people do weaponize nostalgia that way, because it's just like, oh, it's the characters you know and love, but not really... It's. I totally agree, actually, in that. And it's funny. I felt the same thing when I started watching it um, recently. I was just like, 
Yeah, I almost would have preferred to see them as all grown up again, because I'm like, well, I'm grown up. These characters should have grown up. It just feels... It, you know what it feels like? It feels like some sort of nightmare where they're, ca they're trapped in a time paradox, forever living, living the first year, where literally their kids are now... They're parents are now millennials and like grandpa's like this hippie uh hippie baby boomer which is actually honestly really fun i love that aspect of the new rugrats is that we're seeing millennials being parents um uh or at least interpretations of millennials yeah. but it, it also has this weird undertone of nightmarishness where i'm like oh god these poor people have never moved and hats off to the voice actors who are covering the same voices of what is essentially meant to be infants what 30 years older these actors who are probably yeah. 30 when they do it and now in their 60s and still so valiantly covering it so it's hard for me to sort of get that sense of illusion back and but i will say they capture that sense of innocence um in a lot of the Rugrats uh, by the second seat, uh, second couple of episodes. And that was actually what stopped me doing the writing the list. I said, okay, I'm going back to hated restaurants because I started writing and I was like, I actually kind of like this, but I also really, really hate the first episode. And already um, it's down, I've written two pages on this one topic and people will be bored stiff because I'll be six minutes in and talking about one of the 10 choices. So I became so, uh, you know, full of anxiety and doubt. I said, stuff this, so I'll just do hated restaurants. Yeah, and he's become old grizzled strike and he can't do cartoons anymore. <laughs> yeah, and I am, um, I think with like most like reboots, it's like, and, and most like shows that are being like brought back, it, Rugrats, whether you Rugrats or Ben, like Ben 10 and these other shows, they're, they're being brought back for a new audience. Like, Clearly, some mm. of the, the show is not for us. Some people can oh. watch and enjoy it, but it's for kids to get introduced to these characters, which is why, you know, you know, it's it, it almost just feels like off for us to watch because we already watch these characters. But no, it's just for kids to get introduced to these the the world of Rugrats, and maybe they'll watch it. They'll might they they might buy the toys and stuff like that. It's for a new audience and people need to You're absolutely this. right and the fact that they make it um uh you know palatable and interesting to the parents as well the parents might look over the shoulder and say oh, i remember this you know oh they're still good i think um there's nothing wrong with that and the fact that they're trying to make it you know enjoyable for everyone is good but we're not the primary audience you're absolutely right and it's the argument i make with teen titans go is that like well if they're showing it mostly on cartoon network who cares? We don't watch Cartoon Network. We watch YouTube and and complain about it. <laughs> we don't oh, yeah. I still love Teen Titans Go. I saw their Warner Brothers. We were watching it last night here with the Warner Brothers special. I'm like, it was just nice seeing all those Warner Brothers characters in like one place. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, let's go to the next question. Let me just pull it up. Sorry, hold up. <laughs> Uh, da, 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 da. okay. Dude. Sorry. Up. Oh, I'm trying to find their name. Don't worry, whoever's listening to this, Strider will be back, uh, collabing with other people to talk about cartoons. Yeah, Obviously. don't worry, guys. This will all just be cut out <laughs> as a permanently, permanently restaurant man. Okay, somebody actually asked this question in the Discord. I forgot I wrote this down. So this is not even a question from Twitter or, Dis or, or Discord. This is just a question I wrote down. 
did do did your knowledge of food do, do your knowledge of food affect what you eat that's a really fun question i i saw you uh, put it down I was just looking through my videos to really think about it, and I don't think it has. I find more my knowledge of food affects how I write the videos. Like, I generally, you'll probably notice I'm a bit of a health nut when it comes to, I'm never going to really promote, uh, um, you know, the candies and the foods, that sort of thing. I'll say, you know, they're fun, but, you know, should be eaten in moderation and stuff. Um, definitely certain thing, I definitely try to promote certain messages. Like, you'll notice I use a lot of footage in the countdowns, almost to counteract all the stupid fast food I'm advertising and making look good, um, <laughs> by showing a lot of healthy fruits and people who, um, I remember one countdown, I had someone looking sick as they were looking at some realistic looking, uh, McDonald's hamburgers. And then I <laughs> throw in after some healthy looking fruit and someone enjoying chomping on an apple. And I don't know, I'm yeah. taking sort of the lazy town approach there where I'm trying to really encourage fresh fruit eating and that sort of thing. And given bananas, are the most frequently eaten, uh, most frequently ordered thing at Walmart, I probably shouldn't be worried too much, but, uh, since I'm such a health freak, uh, I definitely will, uh, promotes that uh yeah it should be eaten in moderation i'll say personally i'd rather have an iced tea uh, like soft drink destroyed my teeth for a few years and i kept having to get fillings all the time so eventually i just said stuff it and gave up soft drink um because it's the fizziness that actually kind of wrecks your teeth the acidity mm -hmm. and that kind of um gives you cavities and stuff so i found when i cut out soft drink suddenly i was like oh oh i'm not having to pay a ton in uh in cavities this is great um, definitely one I've tried really, really hard to, um, rail against is Coke, uh, Coca-Cola. You probably noticed I, I never call it Coca-Cola or I just call it battery acid. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I mean like, hey, I, I love Coca-Cola, but it does taste a bit like battery acid. You're right. That's, uh, you, you're absolutely right with that one. The problem is, is that because it's been promoted for a hundred years now as like, mm -hmm. oh, good times, all these attractive, young, healthy people uh, in the hot sun, you know, like at the beach, well, you know, having sure. a good time, uh, you know, Coca-Cola, it's sending the um, uh, message to us that, and it's not logical, but they can do it through, um, I learned about it in advertising um, psychology. They're sending the message subconsciously that if you have Coca-Cola, you'll associate it with happy times and stuff. When realistically, I think most of the time people are drinking Coca-Cola alone at a computer desk, you know, quite often. And how do you know I'm, I'm just drinking like, Coca-Cola? How do you know? How do you know I'm drinking Coca-Cola right now? <laughs> he predicted. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with being alone at your computer death, but like they even at one point, they try to specifically put it with happy times and stuff. And I'm like, a lot of these are sad times. People are drinking Coca-Cola, you know, and uh, they should just make an, so what you're saying, they should just make an ad where somebody's drinking Coca-Cola in a very sad place. Probably drowning Coca-Cola. <laughs> Almost like they should just show, like, reverse. They should just show the negative... They they should really do commercials where they show the negative effects of their products. People might people buy it, though. <laughs> it's like reverse psychology. Uh, people might buy it, though. I think because I've seen... I did uh, research in justice and stuff, and I've seen uh, remote indigenous communities and how heavily they were affected by obesity and all these sort of employment problems and health problems when 
Coca-Cola was brought in. Often Coca-Cola is actually cheaper. This is a problem in Mexico, I believe. I believe it's Mexico as well, where Coca-Cola is actually cheaper than water. So people are forced to drink Coca-Cola and it becomes almost something that they ritualistically have to drink. And it becomes this horrible dependency and it just destroys their, um, their health. And um, you've got all these people coming in sort of from um, to these remote communities trying to fix it up and anyway he heavy topic but that's part of why i'm just like yeah, yeah it's battery acid yeah a little taste of their own medicine this video is sponsored by bananas bananas, bananas. They're really yeah. good yo nutrigrain bars bananas and they're really great all nutrigrain full of sugar <laughs> bananas wait, are great what wait what, what wait is it nutrigrain or the ones what what, what are the uh the the freaking granola bars that are like bricks to eat. They're, I think they're called uh, Sun Hidden Valley. Not Hidden Valley. Uh, oh, Hidden Valley, yeah. Sunny Valley. Sunny Valley, yeah. There's like, just get yourself a nice oatmeal bar or something like that, or just a grain bar or some bananas because Honestly, straight up. Yeah, I tend to just say to people, have a piece of fruit, have um, have some fresh cut lean meat to cook something yourself basically is generally what I try and push because home cooked meals like are often more filling. They're healthier. They um, just leave you, they are better for your guts. And anyway, I could talk for hours on this, but that's not why you're here. Hey man. No, that's why we're here. We're here to hear you. You're the guest. I mean, oh, thank you. Yeah. You're the, you're the guest of honor. Uh, we can uh, go to the next question. I'm pretty sure you gotta, you gotta take a nap. Yeah. I, don't know your time zone at all. It's <laughs> 5 a.m. He needs to go to sleep. Word. Thank you, Geek <laughs> yeah, Sorry about that. Uh, what well, is I'm glad to help. Yeah. Uh, I do appreciate uh, you as a guest. Uh, next question is probably probably the simplest one here. Dwayne Wilson, I hope I'm saying that name right. When did you first learn to juggle? How do you, Dwayne? Uh, I learned to juggle actually through Penn Jillette when I was 15. Um, that Penn and Teller show, I noticed on one of the episodes, he was just juggling like mad. I think he was uh, talking about something or other, something silly, and talking about how it was his something he was really uh, talented with and really loved and how he found a sense of peace and calm when he juggled. And one day I thought, oh, this is a cool circus trick. Maybe I can... I don't know when you when I was a teenager particularly and you know I even now I, I was I've always been a bit of a loner and you, when you spend a lot of time by yourself you're like oh what's something a hobby I can learn you know and I was like oh I hear juggling's really good for you I'll learn this and I love it <laughs> and I ended up juggling everything when I worked at the computer store I ended up juggling CD cases when I would go to the supermarket I juggle cans of salmon <laughs> I obviously balls at home. Oh, um, that's so cool! everything. You're like a superhero. If you were like a superhero, you'd be the the master juggler, man. Clown man is the word you're looking for. I am the clown, clown man. man. Clown man. <laughs> okay. I'm a joke. Hey, hey, you're not a joke. You're a cool guy. Oh. Uh, let's go to the. Uh, we're gonna speed round these questions because so, so that we yeah. can get to bed. Uh, so next question is. Um, from spooky pop culture fanatic damn that's a long name uh what is your favorite topic to make videos about howdy howdy uh spooky pop culture fanatic um my favorite topic is probably a cross between creepy pastas and uh junk food for some reason i just really get a kick out of doing uh 
sort of uh, topics of like, because I don't eat much junk food myself, I think I get a real thrill out of just sort of researching them saying, oh, what's this junk food like? And I have sort of have good memories because that's when I first started to bring um, my fiance in and have her sort of start reading them out. And I always can't help but smile whenever Nin comes in. Uh, uh, so that's a real, uh, tickles my fancy. And uh, uh, also uh, with creepy pastas, um, Hoodoo Hoodlum's Revenge is my favorite channel on YouTube. I enjoy his content so much. And he did stop creating videos a few years ago. But what I really love to do more than anything is probably storytelling. I enjoy it so much. And uh, I, I could have, I've very much considered sometimes, why don't I do more creepypasta content? Because, But it's just not really a thing anymore. And it's not something people really recognize as much anymore. It's more a thing from the mid 2010s maybe if i if we're lucky yeah. um and it and it, it's so fun but uh and i love taking all these topics that um just people write on their own taking content that uh comes from a very creative natural source which is just young people writing stories um about and just being silly and turning it into fun content that I can broadcast potentially to hundreds of thousands of people, it's just the biggest thrill in the world to me, taking that tiny content about some silly horror stuff and making it huge. Um, it's one of the biggest thrills I can get on the channel. Um, I, I, yeah, um, I'd say that's some of my favorite Do you try content, doing... But yeah. but it, it, sorry, guys. I was going to say, do you try like doing like creepy like uh pastas like every halloween like maybe you're called like spooky strider or something like that like it totally should hey it is halloween now yeah. i would love to do creepy pasta content more often but part of the problem is is that shade will probably agree with this i try to make every edit really good and some people just sort of throw gameplay footage over the front while they're reading and maybe i should do that at and make it like side content and stuff and just do it myself um but i don't know I, I get so obsessive about making sure all the content's good and when you're trying to talk about how elmo has just murdered 50 people or something and I how, how, do, do it. how do you how do you write how do you, how do you broadcast how do you show that what's uh, like i say uh a good example of a channel that's still making like creepy stories uh i don't know if you know this channel called mr nightmare he makes like creepy stories about like uh some of them are from, like, our creepy Reddit stories. Some of them are creepy pastas. But, like, he has a way of, like, putting, like, visuals on screen. And here's the thing. The story the story is what matters. The visuals are... The visual... The story, the story and the audio, like, the sound effects and the visuals are what matters. But you can literally just put an image on screen, have it zoom in, and also put, like, um, the sound effects in the background. Image. Yeah. Those are what, like, you don't need anything fancy besides the image, your voice, and some sound effects. Sound effects really make the video come alive. And people listen to these creepypastas. They don't look at the visuals. They tend to listen to the audio most of the time. That's a really good point. And you are absolutely right. And, yeah, maybe I should consider that. And I, I will keep that in mind. You are right. The sound effects play such an important role and I don't tend to sort of, when I'm thinking of when I look at Dennis's videos on creepypastas, I don't tend to look at the uh, screen as much. And I still enjoy them just as much. I'll often sort of play them on a playlist. So, mm -hmm. no, that, that's a very good point. I appreciate that. Yeah, no problem, man. Uh, let's go to the, the next question. I feel like you might have answered this question. Uh, but 
because we want to make sure we read all these questions and not and be fair. Um, the next one is from the gaming the gaming maniac. What? Wait, how do you feel about modern SpongeBob? I have to change that because I typed that wrong. I think the only uh, bad question is the one that's never asked, and uh, I, I'm always happy to answer this because I love talking spongy, obviously. Uh, but uh, in terms of modern SpongeBob, I think it's gone in a really good direction. There's definitely a bit, a bit of dragging content at times. It reminds me a bit of modern Simpsons in that. Oh, no, actually, I think SpongeBob is more consistently pleasable quality to me. I tend to enjoy more popping on a modern SpongeBob episode than a modern Simpsons episode. Nothing against modern Simpsons. Um, but I would say, yeah, I, I see a lot of... The writing is a lot quicker. I think it shows... Part of how um, SpongeBob writers write their content is very similar to... They say it's very similar to how Warner Brothers or Termite Terrace content was written, where they won't just have a written script. They'll sit around the table and a bunch of people and throw ideas at each other and just write it down, and they'll turn that into a sort of storyboard, and they'll just voice that and so on and so forth. And it really shows in their new content, I think, because we're long past the days of season six and seven where it was super slow and dragged out. There's some really good content. There's definitely still some really bad stinker episodes i came across a few in the uh recent list but um yeah no uh, uh i'd say i'm really I, i'm always trying to promote modern spongebob because you've got some of the brightest uh writers working in both family guy believe it or not um uh simpsons futurama some of the brightest writers are in our animation community and some of them are in spongebob and there's some really clever dialogue in those stories uh, like that i will see in something like simpsons and i'll be like oh this should be appreciated but people just keep mainly talking about the first six and seasons but there's so much good stuff in uh like 10 plus yeah i think modern spongebob is is i think modern spongebob is good I do, the one thing I would say is that I wish Nick would at least, it's, it has nothing to do with Spongebob, it's more like, I feel like they do need to, like, when they do cartoons, especially cartoons that are, like, from, from other people and they, that are put on to Nick, they seem to get, they seem to get less attention than Spongebob and are ported over to Nicktoons, where the show oh, yeah. automatically just, until the show is over, it will just die down on Nicktoons. It's, it's a, I have... I've had this video in my head for a while, but like, I SpongeBob is a good for Nicktoons, but at the same time, as it keeps going, it is also the one thing that I feel like it's also destroying it, destroying the yeah. channel itself. That's it a really also... good point. Sorry, continue, continue. No, no, no um, I, uh, you, you go ahead, Geektoons. I think that's a really good point, though. I'm just like, I feel like it's also reached a point where things like modern SpongeBob and Simpsons at least have reached a point and more, mostly they've like, they're less of shows now and like more of novelty because like you go online, uh, the reason why uh, SpongeBob pretty much gets like only references, only reference of like the first six seasons is because people have like, those seasons have more of that like nostalgia factor. It's like the same thing with Simpsons now. It's just like people will mention uh, memes or clips or anything from you know those old seasons of The Simpsons because they have that nostalgia factor to them. That's kind of why people you know on YouTube at least whatever they want to bring up a joke they bring up like Simpsons or SpongeBob for a second a very quick simple joke. I mean you know yeah. for example like I had I had the idea of bringing up for like a quick edit 
uh, not even not even in like a video now, but like maybe in the future, I wrote it down somewhere uh, that like I, I bring up a clip of uh, Grandpa Simpson pretty much saying which was the style at the time, which is from an old era Simpsons episode because. People, unless, like, you bring up the conversation of just, like, is Modern Simpsons good again, like, it's been happening this week or last week, then people won't be, you know, that bothered to go check out, like, uh, newer versions of, like, that, that show that's been running on for, like, 20 or 30 seasons, because, you know, you have that nostalgia factor that you can just count on for, like, easy, simple viewing. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, really I just remembered, uh, I used a more, mo- well, not Modern Simpsons, this was, like, back in 2000, the early 2000s, so this is when the show was in, like, digital, it was more, but, um... I, 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 like, in my more oral video, I found, like, a good Simpsons clip to use, um, like, that made a religious joke, and I put that in my Simpsons video. Oh, yeah. I think, um, uh, if I may say, uh, both of you have a really good point in that, uh, uh, I agree, Geek Tunes, that like part of it is that we know everyone will recognize those first one to nine or so seasons. So if I put a joke from season 25 or something like that, maybe 10%, 5% of the audience will get yes. it. But there's a good chance 80% of the audience will get a season five joke. You know, um, so that's a very good point. Yeah. Um yeah. Um, also, if I can say, Ram, and I definitely agree with you that SpongeBob is a double-edged sword in what it's become, because you are right. You see a little bit of creative stifling when it's it's a bit like a, a to some degree I get where Nickelodeon has come from. We got to go where that where people are actually clicking, what people are actually interested in, what is getting the majority of views. And I cover partially cover more SpongeBob content, not just because I love SpongeBob, but because that's the cartoon that people are interested in me covering. So, um, you know, uh, and so I get it, but it also leads to that creative stifling and remakes. And a lot of those cartoons we really like that are of creative new concepts are just sort of um, sent to the Nicktoons graveyard. Mm-hmm. And no offense to like Nicktoons back then was like this. Before it, before it became the dumping ground, it was a place where there was an amalgamation of like new cartoons from like other countries, and it 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 was fresh. And sometimes they 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 air Dragon Ball Z on it. It was fresh, but then over time, it just like everything went to when when something wasn't working out, especially for Nick. It it ended up being there like shows like Wild Grinders or Planet Sheen or Back in the Barnyard. All those shows that first aired on Nick. Everything went there, and all the new episodes just ran its course on there until they die off. Like, it's, it's, and then Nickelodeon, Nickelodeon has become, like, live action, and that's fine. Some of the good, some of the good live action shows are on Nick. It's, like, live action, Spongebob, and, you know, from time to time, some of the live action shows don't hit as well as, like, a modern Spongebob episode, but, like, it's, I feel like Nick is also really banking on a, a banking heavily on spongebob to save a lot of their profit margins i think he's so iconic it's like the golden arches at mcdonald's like kids can recognize the golden arches before they can recognize um any letters in the english language it, they're so familiar with it and the big yellow sponge is the same way as he's very recognizable so he's an easy bank and it's 
Yeah. Particularly, I think you are right that there's a lot more, lot more live action content, partially because I think if kids are just as likely to watch uh, a $100,000 live, live action show as opposed to a $1 million budget um, cartoon episode, more like $2 million for some, I think the budget for the average Family Guy episode is about $3 million. Um, <laughs> then they're going to go with that because it's a much safer bet. Uh, it's only going to cost them, you know, a couple of actors and, uh, you know, a bit of time and sets and that sort of thing, as opposed to the huge costs animation can be. So um, I think that's part of why we're seeing it, because I think if we were tuning in, uh, if we were tuning into the Nickelodeon channels and saying, OK, we'll, we'll uh, give you the ad revenue to uh, make these and we'll actually appreciate it, but we won't watch the live action shows, it'd be a very different story. But a lot of us are grown up now and we're uh, working our jobs or doing our things and having a life and often we'll just tune into YouTube or we'll tune into a streaming platform. We won't necessarily be the ones watching um, yeah. the uh, Nickelodeon ads so it's part of what is just us being a little bit alienated from uh, the main Nickelodeon channels I, I think yeah. so that's my reasoning anyway yeah main main thing is just watch I say watch Modern Spongebob that's probably like the only good thing that's I don't know what's airing on Nick I don't I don't think anybody here watches cable much I just say watch Modern Spongebob when you can like it's better than half the live action shows that are airing on Nick anyway yeah, oh, like, when a new Nick IP comes out, like, it's kind of Nick decided, oh, we'll put it on streaming. That's, like, what they've decided to do now. It's streaming. I tell you. Everything. I, I watched, um, for, for the list, uh, the upcoming list, Kid Danger, based on Henry Danger, and it brought back all those memories of when I was doing Nickelodeon sitcoms. I'll often look back on this list and think, oh, I was too hard on them, but I was not hard enough on Henry Danger. Here's thing, I loved Henry. I liked, I loved the, the live-action show. I did not think it needed a cartoon <laughs> at all. I don't think it needed a cartoon in the slightest. It doesn't seem... Because... I don't know if they use the same voice act, the same actors to voice the characters, but there's some so eerie yes. to see those those characters being voiced by the their their actors. It's just I rather just if you're gonna do a cartoon, oh get yeah, actual voice and actors. this and another problem I've heard about the cartoon um, is it was kind of made out of it was made out of spite by. Um, Dan to like I totally believe that <laughs> like totally there like I found a tweet by Nico Colalia where like he was he was saying oh making a cartoon I'll need to find the tweet um, but Nico Colalia said yeah he uh, he like went to up to us and said I can make a cartoon like you guys he was really like downplaying like. Like how it's much work went into a cartoon? Only the only the. Oh, and it does, and that's the other thing is like every part of it insulted my senses. I was like, this has got to go at number one because it's visually atrocious. The voice acting, I swear they're slumming it, and I thought they were slumming it in the original. That you know, respects no. liking the the original. Here's the thing with well, the original. The original is when the when Dan Snyder like left the show. It was like it was taken over by another person who's who does a who another director who directs uh, the fucking was it Danger Force? I never checked out Danger Force because I have no intention to. I Henry Danger ended. I'm not 
watching another spinoff. I have zero desire to watch it. Uh, but like, like yeah, yeah, yeah. it's they took these these weird characters that appear once in one episode and they spin these characters yeah. off. It's that, that's also yeah, something that gets I... me. That's also something that gets me. This sitcom that I should realistically should last more than three seasons. They've managed to somehow attempt to turn it to, to turn it into like another version of iCarly, <laughs> and it failed multiple times. But yeah, um, but yeah, I found I found the tweet. I found the tweet. No. He thought he oh. thought like live action was hard work and that cartoons were easy. It does. It that cartoon does look like it was made with the guy. It does look like a I can make a cartoon better than you kind of attitude. He couldn't. He really couldn't. I I thought he was <laughs> trying to intentionally make something bad because it is among. I'm gonna say it's possibly in the top five. I just watched the trailer, which is meant to impress me. This is the thing. I could rant for two hour, half an hour at least on just how awful that cartoon is. And I realized this is why I got into the game. I've been talking foods and that sort of thing for a few years now. And I forgot part of why I do this oh. is I just have to start writing when we see some of these. Oh, yeah. Cartoons. Well, you need one, one important detail about that show. It, it looks cheap, and this was animated by the studio that made Castlevania. You're kidding! No. No. Was it their was it their first project or cartoon show? No, because no. that's like you know, because the studio that made that, like, I think the first like legit TV project was Clerks Animated. <laughs> that didn't, then it the then it honestly feels like they hired the B team for Castle. There could be an A team or a B I'm team. It almost to, seems like they hired I the think... B team. But like, um, we do have speed okay. round these questions though, because we've gone well, on for a bit. Well, yeah, I, I'm just okay. Yeah, Nickelodeon, Powerhouse Animation Studios, TV production. So yeah, I just yeah. had to double check. Okay, let's. Uh, I let's, just uh, had let's, to double check, but yeah. Let's, let's go to let's let's uh, speed round some of these. Uh, this next question is from. This one's not even a name. I have to read their at. Hold up, they they, didn't, they don't have a name for their for their Twitter. Uh, uh, Aurora Dream Five. How different is your YouTube persona from your real life persona? I don't. I respect your adherence to personal security, good sir. Yes. Um, my personal persona is basically what you're hearing now. I would say I'm probably a bit more cynical and sarcastic. Um, uh, uh, within reason, I try to look on the positive side of things, but um. I'd say I can definitely be a little bit more cynical in real life. Um, uh, yeah, for example, I went to hospital recently, and even when I was, uh, you know, in, in that sort of thing, I was a sort of, I was still cracking sarcastic jokes and stuff. And I was like, actually, no, I'm pretty much just a clown. I'll, I'll just, I'll be cracking sarcastic jokes and that sort of thing, even you know, if like I've got uh, blood thinners on me and that sort of thing. <laughs> I'm a bit of, I'm a bit of a joke. <laughs> Pretty much like what you're seeing, like in this pot, like what you're seeing in this podcast, we're listening to is pretty much what Phantom Shredder is like. This is pretty, pretty much, much. like, like you have to people have to understand, like, the way most people pre present themselves on YouTube is a lot different from real life. Like, I'm pretty sure most of us on YouTube use a certain tone where we're reading and like presenting like videos, and and when when people when people like you know talk to the person in real life. That tone, people are like, wait, is that how you sound? Like, yeah, like the tones are different. You have your YouTube side, your YouTube voice, 
and then you have your regular voice, and that's just some you balance between. I think it's a fascinating topic, you know, in that how people will change. I've definitely seen people who sort of come alive and go, "What's up?" Da 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 da. Just listen, this person here, and they definitely change in persona when they um, uh, come onto YouTube and settle down. Definitely, but I tend to sort of gravitate towards YouTubers who are very authentic. In like, I do feel that they say. Hoodoo Hoodlum's Revenge, or Real Gyms is a good example, where I would completely believe the, re the way the Real Gyms talks in his videos about this and this and this and this, I would totally believe that's exactly or very similar to how he talks in real life. And mm -hmm. I, I will say, I think I'm relatively authentic. I feel that's something I take a lot of pride in, is saying that when you listen to me, I want you to feel like I am talking directly to you. I try to never say us or you guys or anything like that. I want every video to feel like I'm talking directly to you. Like you're my friend oh, and I'm talking to you. So I like that approach. That, I, think, that, I love that approach. Well, it's just an act of respect towards your audience. I often feel disrespected when uh, someone will be like, oh, well, you fans out there hear this and that, you know, and it, it, I feel disrespected. I'm they're no more than me and I'm no more than any of my audience. I'm very lucky that they're there listening to me, you know, so, and I want to treat them like a friend because I know as someone on the spectrum who, who had problems with friends, and even just as a person in 2023, friends and people who you can talk to, having that all experience has gotten rarer and rarer. So it's more and more important. So whenever I'm on here, I try to just be exactly who I am because, you know, that's um, what people deserve. I like that. And you and you are and when you joined actually the VC, I was actually like I was like, oh my god, his voice sounds just like the videos. I'm like, uh, that's just how I act when I when I uh, when I talk some somebody new on the podcast. We've had multiple guests on this podcast, and I'm very nervous when I interview yeah. them. I'm I'm very curious. Did you find uh, uh, some of them had different uh, sort of ways of speaking compared to what you'd hear in the videos? Probably like Mark Ellis. Ellis Mark. I was I was like oh I was I was like uh, very nervous for that episode, but uh, like it it, it it turned out to be a pretty like it, he was he turned out to be a really chill dude like it, yeah out of that yeah he was like really cool to talk to. Um, I hear lots of good things about. Yeah, uh, but like, yeah, it's people are a lot different from their uh, YouTube uh, personas. Uh, well, um, was and certainly just uh, sorry, I was just going to say, just listening to uh, Geek Tunes in this, and when I've heard him voice chat, um, I listen to his videos, um, and he sounds pretty much the same. Uh, he speaks uh, with. I wouldn't, more I wouldn't put my money on that. I wouldn't put my money on that because on my videos, I do put a certain voice because you know, I'm trying to present. Over here in calls of these with my friends, I am a lot more tired because I am yeah, I'm still a college student doing this. YouTube and college at the same time is not fun. We call him tired. We call him tired. We call him tired tunes over there because he's like so tired. Uh, but like Geek Tunes, like yeah, Geek Tunes way way in his videos is a lot more different than he is. Like he's like a lot more chill and like in person, like. Yeah, I wouldn't. I would not. I probably would not be here if it wasn't for Geek Tunes, because, like, he pretty much discovered me and then like, like got me and like helped me out and like he's been like sort of like a mentor. So, and then I met Shade. That sounds like Geek Tunes, I know. 
yeah he, he's he's a great person then i met shade and then we became buddies and then we did this podcast and as for for like the i'm sorry i'm rambling on I'm, uh, uh but like I'll, I'll probably end it here i'm like for the we've done about 32 episodes in a minute and i've talked to a lot of pretty great youtubers and friends and i'm i'm always very nervous to when when i'm interviewing guests and like i have to be reassured that i'm by other people that I'm you're, I'm you're gonna do okay it's not the first time you've interviewed somebody so like yeah it was well, very it's nice a lot of fun it was, yeah uh, likewise Ron. yeah you're a very nice dude uh but let's um let's uh we've got three more questions so um uh this one is I think somebody in our in our server but they didn't this is just uh because I was getting questions from the server there's nobody who typed this in uh Will you ever do a long-form video, sort of in the style, like, every episode ever? Would you ever do those kind of videos? I would love to. I've honestly really wanted to for a long time because um, one of the trickiest parts I've found is that writing about 10 topics and sort of researching relatively extensively, it, it's so kind of consuming and often I can sort of write on and on and often I'll have to compress my writing into one page if possible, but sometimes it'll go to one and a half page, but to be able to sort of just write would be nice. But at the same time, I'm so used to disciplining myself in my writing now and saying, no, that needs to be cut. That's un unnecessary. I've already said that. Don't repeat yourself. Um, that I don't think I'd do it very well nowadays. I tried doing a SpongeBob version of the that where I talked about Spongebob coming in anime and I did really enjoy it but the video unfortunately performed the worst I've done in nine years there was so little interest that I said if, if this I'm, I'm going to go back to never doing this again for six years <laughs> so you know we, we when you've got to pay the bills by your um your YouTube ad revenue you've got to think about that stuff and I'm like okay clearly this isn't what people want to see so I'll just go back to top tens now and pretend I never did yeah, fair, fair. Hey, man, like, I, as much as I, I, I dabbled into doing every episode I did, I did like a one big hour video on doing, doing every Drake and Josh episode, and by the end of that, I wanted to never watch the show again. That's the worst part about yeah. doing those episode videos. You And I think Alice Mark said it in his video, too, I think, at, at some point. Is that when you watch these shows in in unison and, and you watch them on a repeat every single day and you have to make a video on it, by the end of the video, you never want to watch that show again for a long time. There are some exceptions. Exactly. Some exceptions. Yeah. My, yeah, my moral oral video, it's not an every episode reviewed thing. I skipped over a few episodes, but it's still a really long video. So yeah. if, if I want to do it... The... It's the same thing with me doing a video on, like, because I'm currently making one on the Owl House. Um, that video is very lengthy, and, and I'm still editing, like, the season one audio for that. It has turned into probably one of the longest videos of, videos I've ever made, like, in four years. <laughs> Let me know when you uh, finish like, that one. I'd love to hear your thoughts on the Owl House. It's... But yeah, I'll link it to you. <laughs> Yeah. Eventually, uh, I, I, one thing I'm kind of interested in doing, like I'm not doing it anytime soon. Maybe when my channel grows a bit more. But every this is this would be just. I feel like this is kind of this will be kind of nightmarish to work on. 
But I think looking over all the all of the 1987 TMNT show would be interesting. But I'm sure, like by the uh, time I finish that show in that video, I'll hate that show. Well, I won't hate it, but you'll hate. Turtles, I'll be kind, I'll, I'll be you'll, annoyed by like the 80s turtles a bit more. Sh- sh- you'll you'll be you'll you'll be wanting to punt every turtle you'll see. <laughs> you'll, <laughs> you'll just hate you'll just hate turtles in general. I mean, I I'm, I'm interested in checking it out, especially since the final seasons were more serious. I'm curious about, like, yeah, which I which I did some research on for a short. I've definitely found that with um, SpongeBob, uh, if I interject, um, I tend to say I call it getting SpongeBobbed out, where I love the content, like the subject, and I tend to find I come back to SpongeBob when I just need a bit of a pick-me-up and that sort of thing and something silly, but I can't cover more than one to two videos at a time because I'll just be like, ah, oh, 20 of these and plus all the bad ones, plus the additional ones I didn't add in. I'm just like, yeah, I love the show, but I'm all SpongeBobbed out, and to kind of keep that joy of the show alive i try to never burn myself out on yeah. content and i imagine a lot of more um, people who cover more cartoons would probably have that too i used to and part of why i don't nowadays is that i got very burnt out on cartoons over six mm-hmm. to seven years or has it been that long well about five years six years um it certainly is and i imagine you guys covering more cartoon content you de- definitely would have that particularly when you're doing an in-depth uh, analysis of a long season yeah, I uh, think what I'm gonna. I think it'd be easier for me, honestly, if I just take it one season at a time. Because, like, yeah, I know for more, TMNT, more like, I know for TMNT, there's like 50 episodes or so in one of the seasons. So, yeah, uh, with uh, with like, like they with, ordered uh, a ton of episodes later in the show's run. So, like, season one's seven episodes. I think season two's like 10 episodes. So, I think. Like, like covering the whole series slowly other t- over time is the best way for me to do it. If I, I decide order to that do on it, YouTube now. yeah. Uh, so with the the creators, uh, so uh, I'm I'm an all I'm an all media reviewer. So like I do like cartoons, TV shows, video games because I and I do and I do topics. Now I'm doing topics. Um, uh. So I say the reason I used to when I started my channel I used to like like do cartoon videos and then over time I'm like I think I want to cover games and try to cover other things because I'm like it almost feels like if I just cover uh, cartoons every time I feel like I'm I feel like I'm I'm limiting myself to a few to ideas that I could be doing on my channel I'm like like yeah oh, like like yeah so like there's people like Zach Quinn and me and like Manuel and like sometimes shade and maybe geek like we tend to cover other things that are not in the realm of cartoons and we we tend to just experiment so as as tradi- we're not it's not we're not traditional cartoon reviewers but we're like we're all media reviewers we try to cover as many things as you can that's not yeah cool. like like um last january uh Shade. <laughs> oh no, we lost Shade to the Shadow Realm. Shade, you're good. He was just talking about the Chuck, you know, him when he reviewed, uh, you know, Chucky season one, the show. Yeah, yeah, uh, I reviewed okay, them. Okay. I reviewed all the movies in the show. Um, yeah. 
that 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 was i think movie like retrospective series retrospectives are kind of brief i think that's something i wanted to try out like i want to review every scream movie like yeah. in a kind of overview style like the chucky video i also I think feel like really... people i also feel like people should take advantage of like the seasons more on youtube in a way because um I noticed this, I feel like the only one who's successfully done this was uh, Doug Walker, the Nostalgia Critic, where they've, like, centered uh, something on, like, a certain time of year, like, uh, his, Disney, his Disney Summer series for, like, a long time. And I feel like that, like, YouTubers would also benefit from that to have, like, you know, something for their audience to kind of look forward to with those months, because I know those months can kind of get boring with, you know, all the Christmassy stuff. Mm, yes. But you've also maybe. got to have a dedicated enough audience that's willing to tune in for that sort of content. I tend to find from my approach anyway, often it's sort of like a, a scatterbrain sort of rush to figure out what it is actually your viewers want, yet alone even considering the seasons of the year. Um, you know, and it's nice to cover something that is all, um, but you've also got to think, is that going to be seasonal in two months' time or one month's time? Yeah, I tend to not do seasonal. Um, seasonal thing is a good idea. It's just some that I feel like I'd rather just cover them in separate videos in a longer format. But, like, I like Doug Walker's approach, but I'm pretty sure he pre, pre-writes pre those videos and has them already edited before, you know, they're ever going to go out. Um, I don't know if you can keep this in the podcast room. You can, you can choose to remove this or not. Um, I'm actually uh, developing, like, a small, like, December-esque series of like four videos for you know that entire month one video a week uh, trying to at least get it out i do have people helping me out for this of course because i can't do this on loan it does get boring after a while discovering like the same few topics or like making video essay after video essay it, it gets boring after a while so like i, I like think doing that, i think that's some, kind of, i think you know, what i want to try is monthly like a month of tmnt content planned out i'm just trying to figure out what the best month for that would be so Next I don't year. I don't mean to interrupt, but we do have one more question for Shredder. And then because before my thing disconnects one more time, I kind of want to we gotta we gotta we don't have to end it after this question. So, yeah, uh, yeah, the Lego question. The Lego question from my sibling. Hold up, I actually should read his name. So Weevil, uh, Weevil posted okay, that um, from the one and only Weevil from my sibling Dante Shredder. What's your favorite Lego set? I like the Lego City 60323 plane. It's sort of made made for the airport and uh, sort of swooping in. But yeah, it's 60323 if they want to look it up. You can probably get it for 10 bucks at at your local toy store if he is curious to make it. Yeah, yeah. That's a good set. I'm more into the... uh, I like more of the Lego Marvel and... Like uh, DC sets, more into those. Oh yeah, and that's where um, Lego's uh, real uh, market is is um, in the Harry Potter sets, the Star Wars sets, the Se- uh, Sega sets, the Mario sets. I-, I did really enjoy covering Lego as well. I just mentioned that before we go. Is uh... oh oh, the stream ended. No, no, I closed the I closed uh, the screen <laughs> because my internet was like oh. jarring back and forth, and I had to like, you know. I'm, oh no, I'm gonna. It's, I'm going to cut it together. I don't want to fix it in editing. Yeah, but. sure, sure. Um, yeah, I was just saying that, uh, yeah, I really enjoy covering Lego content too, but Lego definitely has sort of dropped in terms of, like, interest from people. I think it 
Lego, we went all went through a bit of a Lego phase and just recognizing its stuff. And the Lego phase, I think, has died down a bit. But there's still a lot of uh, love for Lego. So, yeah. I would say, like, I've... As much as I used to, like... I used to love Lego games as a kid, and I just kind of... I kind of, Oh, me like, too. I, as an adult, I'm like, they're fun, but they they all seem to follow a similar formula, and I know they try to change it up a bit. Yeah, and I'm like... Yeah. I just got I just got tired of it, which I don't play. I don't play many Lego games anymore as I used to as a kid. But I do respect the fact that they're trying to teach kids to use their head. That's Lego's whole thing. So I think that's why part of why we see that. Thank you uh, for coming on, Strider. It really does mean a lot. You joined the podcast. Uh, thanks for being an awesome guest. Oh well, my pleasure. Thank you so much for inviting me, and it's so nice to see so many familiar faces. Uh, you know, many of you I've known for years. You know, so yeah, thoroughly enjoyed it. Feel free to let me know anytime uh, if you want to have a chat. Hey man, I'm 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 down, bro. Uh, uh, I like to. Uh, my name is Ramen. That's the King of Green right there. And I like to also thank Geek Tunes for uh, joining. You know, giving his uh, toony advice. Uh, Thank you for joining, Mr. Toons. Uh, I also like to thank Manuel D, who was muted, but, you know... He's, he's gone, actually. He's that's, gone. The, that's Manuel D. If he's not muted, it wouldn't be Manuel D. Um, uh, with that, my name is Ramen. You guys, have a good night. This has been The Good Vibes